0: morning. I don't know when I have been in a Sunday morning service where I felt the drawing of God on the singing as much as I have here this morning. I thought the ladies was going to get hung up on glory. I was wondering, is that a Charles Weigel song? Do you know I think I heard him sing that. That's the man that wrote No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. I think I heard him sing that song on a cassette tape some years ago. And after he had sung it, they, they were going to help him down off the platform, and all he could say was, Glory, 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 glory. <laughs> well, how blessed, how wonderful. To meet together like this. Thank you for being here on this Lord's Day morning. And we trust that God would take us further as we look into His Word. I want to thank Him for a safe trip to uh, Mark Tree. Well, we landed in Truman first. But uh, it's a joy to be back with you. Thank you, Pastor, for the invitation. I've probably said this here before, but if you get invited the first time, that's grace. But if you get invited another time after they've heard you, that's mercy. And so I'm grateful for the mercy that has been extended appreciate you pastor his wife their family you know this but I'd like to remind you there is a group of people around the country that admire him greatly and uh, I send out a little text every weekend asking for prayer I don't know how many I got back which is not my intention—is to get anything back. But it said, "Tell Brother Ron, or tell Brother Ron, Miss Patty, S.A.C. Cooper, tell them I said hello. We'll be praying for the meeting. He's respected. I respect the opportunity to come and labor under him." I don't know if I can say anything like that about the singer no (laughs) Lord have mercy you put both of them together you got trouble (laughs) we had a great time last night fellowshipping appreciate brother David Parker what a blessing brother if you don't ever sing that again it helped me it helped me brother Dan enjoyed your number you went way back out and got that one what a good word thank you for your prayers I perceive that prayers have been going up for the meeting and I too am interested in an intervention from God it isn't that you don't hear preaching you hear preaching, preaching anointed preaching, teaching we need God to break in on us at times and oh that he might be pleased to do that in these services I want to have another word of prayer before we look into the word our father we give thee thanks for this sacred moment we thank you Lord for this people we thank you for the privilege of laboring among them. We thank you for the man of God you've put over this church, the opportunity to labor under him. Thank you for Brother David Parker, how you've joined his heart to so many of your people and used them, Lord, in church after church. Now, Lord, we do pray for others. I would pray for my own pastor as he concludes his message this morning and others, Lord, that need you touch. But while others are calling, please don't pass us by here today. Lord, we don't want to just be moved or stared. We'd like for you to... Cocker areas in our hearts afresh. Now may you be glorified through these channels. We'll be grateful and thankful for how you help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Psalms. And I'm reading the entirety of Psalm chapter 2. Psalm chapter 2 will begin with verse number 1. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. That's reading the entirety of Psalm chapter 2. You may be seated. The book of Psalms is often referred to as the Hebrew hymnal because it is a collection of of songs of praise unto God it's also referred to as the praises of Israel and then we hear this word from time to time it's called the psalter p-s-a-l-t-e-r there are many great emphases in the psalms as you know I like to study a book a whole book And I've written down some of the special paths that move towards the heart of the psalms. There are psalms of repentance, psalms of faith. There are several psalms that are nothing but prayers. There's a lot of praise and adoration. There are psalms of communion, and even hope. But all these paths seem to branch off into one primary road. I find that road in my personal study of the book of Psalms as the road of worship. There's an emphasis throughout the Psalms on the kingship of God, the kingship of Christ, And so I like to hang this title over the Psalms in my mind. And when I preach, or if I was to teach out of the Psalms, Worshiping the King. Worshiping the King. Now, this morning, there are several references to Christ set forth in Psalm chapter 2. It's very interesting. You look at verse number two, he's referred to the Lord's anointed. You remember even Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and hath anointed me. Then again in verse number six, he's referred to as my king. In verse number seven, thou art my son son this day have I begotten thee we know this this is quoted in the New Testament in reference to the resurrection of Christ then again in verse number 8 ask of me the Lord says and I shall give thee that is the king my son the heathen for thine inheritance We believe that this has a missions concern the heathen for thine inheritance and yet it's also associated here with judgment when the Lord shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Again in verse number 12 we have this Rare title for Christ in the Old Testament. Kiss the Son. The Son. Lest he be angry and you perish from the way. Worshiping the King. This morning I'd like to use the phrase in verse number 6. Yet have I set my King upon my holy hill of Zion. And I'd like to preach for a few minutes as the Holy Ghost would grant me utterance on worshiping the King of Zion. My one concern this morning is the same as the songs which have been sung to point us into his direction. And of course, Christ is the King of the Holy Hill of Zion. I read where one of the Louis of France, I'm not sure which one, it was not clear was making a very important decision in the country and he was told by his peers that he should consider the state he roared the state I am the state Although he was not the only authority, he saw himself as the only authority, and he became rather abusive with his authority. The Lord Jesus never says, I am the state, but we are told that he is the king, he's the chief, he's the Lord, he's the head. He's the sovereign. He's the supreme one. And since, and though he is the only king, the only head, the only sovereign, he could be abusive of his authority. But he is not abusive of his authority. He's the king of Zion. And he honors the Father in that role. And the Father has honored him as we have read in the Psalm in that role. Now Psalm chapter 2 with so many references to Christ is called the first messianic prophecy. So I'm going to Give the gist of the psalm, but I want us to get to Christ and move in his direction, in faith, in repentance, in praise, in prayer, in worship. It is true that some of the psalms are pushed and pressed to be messianic psalms, and we know the Bible is a Christ-centered book. He's the message of the entire Bible. But there are some psalms where certain statements are made and that makes those psalms certain statements about Christ that qualifies them as messianic psalms. Now I want to say three things, God helping me in these moments. In the first three verses as we worship the king of Zion, I would point us to the vanity of the rebellious system. The vanity of the rebellious system. The word vain is used in verse 1. The people imagine a vain thing. And then we'll notice secondly in verses 4 through 9. The authority of the righteous sovereign. He sits in the heavens. Yes and he laughs at mere men who would rebel against his authority he'll have them in derision he'll vex them with his sore displeasure he'll judge them that is right on down through verse number 9 Christ will dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel And then in verses 10 through 12, and I'm moving in that direction, we not only see the vanity of the rebellious system and the authority of the righteous sovereign, but we see the receptivity of the royal son. It's almost as though the scene changes in a measure. And we're told, we're instructed you better be wise, oh, you kings and oh, you judges of the earth. You better serve the Lord with fear yeah. and rejoice with trembling. You, you better bow down and kiss the sun Amen. lest he be angry and you perish from the way. And the last phrase is one of confidence. And reliance, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. (laughs) Now, I've basically preached the psalm. Now I'm going to come back and preach the psalm. And then when I finish, I'll probably preach it again. Let's begin with verses 1, 2, and 3. And we become aware of the vanity of the rebellious system. Again, they imagine a vain thing. The word suggests a foolish thing. This this rebellious world thinks it's brilliant, intelligent, and wise to reject the counsel of God. But the scriptures teach us here that they're foolish. They're vain. Notice in verse 1 the word rage. Why do the heathen rage? And I would mention the conflict of the rebellious system. Uh, This verb is not really an internal feeling, but it suggests outward agitations and rising up against something. Uh, J.A. Alexander who has a wonderful treatise of the Psalms says this may be an allusion to the rolling and the roaring of the sea. So man in his rebellion is roaring out and rolling against God's authority. You'll notice as well it said they said Set themselves. Verse number two. They set themselves against the Lord and against his anointed. You understand what it is for someone to set a position? And here the world is looked upon as digging in and setting themselves in arrogance against the king of Zion. The conflict of the rebellious system and the conspiracy. Verse 2 says, The rulers take counsel together. Now, <laughs> well, brother, we're seeing it worldwide. This thing's coming together yeah. in an anti Christ, anti Bible, anti holiness rebellion. And it's a conspiracy. A fallen man against the king of Zion. If he was not king, they would try to be king. But since he is king, they're going to oppose it. Set themselves in array against it. Defiance is the idea. Set themselves against, in defiance against his kingship. Kingship. There's not only the conflict of the rebellious system, one of rage, rolling and roaring like the sea, turning. And the conspiracy of the rebellious system, they're taking counsel together how they can oppose the Christ. They may not realize it because of the blindness of their heart, but they're getting together trying to figure out how they can rule the world. Then in verse number three we have the cooperation of the rebellious system. (laughs) They said let us break their bands asunder. That is those who worship the king. Let's cast away their cords from us. These Christians trying to tell us what we're to be like. Let's just rip those cords away. Let's break these bands. The the idea is let's tear them away. And uh, the word, word cast indicates let's fling all this religious stuff off of us. Of course we know this was illustrated in the life of Christ. The Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't get along very well. But when it came to opposing Christ, they joined hands. They took counsel together to break all the bands, to cast, to fling away all the cords. And of course, that spirit prevails even in our day. What's God doing about it? He's laughing. As far as I know, there's no text that indicates Jesus laughed. I'm sure there were times of laughter, but it's never stated. But it is stated here that he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Mocking the rebellious system. Have you not, when you got tired of hearing it all on the news, have you not just laughed out loud at times and said, can you believe that? Yeah. 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 I, that's hard for me to question. Did you hear what they said? <laughs> Listen, it's all in vain. Yeah. Yes, it is. Christ is the King of Zion. And he will rule in Zion and we don't have to wait till then for us to worship him as king I had one of my students say to me on one occasion he said well uh, you know Jesus won't be king until he comes back I said brother he's king when he got here the first time it isn't that we're going to make him something he's already something ah Notice the authority of God in these verses. First of all, his authority is seen in his derision. The word indicates to mock, in his mockery. One of the old writers, Thomas Adams, said If God's smiles be so terrible, what are his friends? If his laughter is one of derision, uh, of hopelessness for man. What will it be when God frowns upon this world? (laughs) His authority is seen in his derision. Not only his derision, but his authority is seen in his destruction. Look at verse number 5. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath. (laughs) And vex them in his sore displeasure. The word displeasure is another word that's translated wrath in the Old Testament. You'll notice in verse number nine that wrath is described. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. That is God's wrath will not be part, part here and part there. It's gonna be destructive, brother. The authority of God is seen in his destruction. He's not gonna tap on the pot, he's gonna break it in pieces. Oh, Then of course verses 6 through 9, him being the king chosen of God, raised from the dead, given an inheritance among the heathen. And with authority, we see not only the authority of God in his derision, his mockery, his laughter, his authority as seen in his destruction, his wrath. But in these three verses, we see his authority seen in his determinations. (laughs) This day Have I begotten thee? This is a decree. God states his decree. His determination. Old John Bunyan that wrote Pilgrim's Progress and also that book that didn't get a whole lot of publicity, The Holy War. He said opposition to the gospel is unreasonable and ineffectual. Amen. When God finishes, there'll be no clenched fist, brother. Every knee will bow. Yes. 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 Uh, we've looked at the vanity of the rebellious system in verses one through three and the authority of the righteous sovereign verses four through nine. Now, we come to some special words of grace and kindness. This this fascinates me. God describes this rebellious world. He describes his awesome judgment upon this rebellious world. His sovereign place above all. And then he says, what you need to do is obey me. Look at verse 10. Be wise now therefore, O ye kings. (laughs) Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Here we have the receptivity of the royal son. Spurgeon said here these rebels are exhorted to obey and give the kiss the kiss of homage and affection to him whom they have hated (laughs) the heart of God cannot be fully grasped at it he says I'm going to judge rebels but you better obey my commands and come towards my son Then in verse number 12, he not only said we're received, when we admit our need, I need his wisdom, I need his instructions, I need to fear him, I need to tremble before him. When we admit, admit is my word, admit our need. Uh, I talked to a fellow not long ago, he said, Tom, he, he said, I... I know I need to be saved. I said, well, are you willing to admit to God that you're a terrible sinner and you need Christ to save you? He said, no, 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 I'm not ready for that. It's one thing to think and to use terminology that indicates that you're bound to Christ. It's another thing to admit you need. You know, when I was 14, God began to really deal with me. I went to the altar several times. In the fall revival of 67, I went to the altar again. I even wept. But I could not give in. I could not bow. In 1968, God brought me to a place. Of admitting what I was. But there's more to this thing than admitting our need. We must submit to Christ's kingship. The word in verse 12 is Kiss the Son. <laughs> Don't clench your fist, said Jesus. Run to Him, bow down before Him kiss his feet you can't do that physically but I'm talking about by faith admit your need commit yourself to Christ's kingship years ago I was preaching in a youth meeting I, I never could feel comfortable in a youth meeting I was sort of a grown up preacher even in my youth I don't know how it happened but But I was preaching in this youth meeting and some of their games that they played was almost embarrassing to me. But I've never forgotten this one. They played the game Kiss the Ring of the King. And the pastor was sitting on a throne with his crown and with his robe. And he had a ring on his finger and everybody saw it. Kiss the ring of the king. And so they'd twist us around And I was one of the last ones. And I'd already seen what happened, so I wasn't too disturbed about it. But they'd twist you around so you'd sort of be a a little set aside. And then they'd say, Now bow before the king and kiss the ring of the king. And he would hold out his finger and you'd kiss that ring and then when they'd take that off your the little covering off your face, he'd hold his toe out there and it had a ring on it. And you thought you'd kiss his big toe. Well, I want to tell you, God's not talking about kissing the big toe. He's talking about yielding one's all to Christ. Absolutely. Kiss the sun! Kiss the sun! You remember that little woman that came into Simon the Pharisee's house? Yeah. And she whipped on Christ's feet. Then she wiped his feet with her hair. And then she kissed his feet. <laughs> Kiss the sun! Kiss the sun! Submit to him. Yield to him. Many are kissing this world system. They're kissing up to rebels. They're kissing the way of man. God has kissed my son. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little Lord our mercy if he's going to tear the, the vase in pieces the pottery in pieces and dash it to pieces and his wrath just kindled a little bit what will it be if he unleashes all of it he's going to burn the system down the day's coming with He will judge the earth. Now, you ready? I preached to get to that last phrase. We're received when we admit our need of Christ. Come trembling. Come with fear, reverence. Be wise, be instructed. We're received when we submit to Christ's kingship. Kiss the Son. Lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. There's receptivity as well, and this is sort of completes it. Not only when we admit our need and when we submit to his kingship, but when we commit our all to him. Blessed are all that put their trust in him. Amen. the vanity of the rebellious system, the authority of the righteous sovereign the receptivity of the royal son how long has it been do you need to bow before him afresh oh that we might find our place before him I got a hold of the writings of James Vaughan with an A and another A. It actually, looks like Vaughan, but it's pronounced Vaughan, I understand. And I read, was reading a sermon by Vaughan, and he wrote of a great Roman emperor who came back to Rome to celebrate a mighty victory as he was going up with pop and chariots and soldiers in the midst of these great hosts of people, a little boy ran out of the crowd and was running towards the emperor. The people in the crowd held him back and said, son, don't you know that's the emperor? And the boy replied, yes, he is your emperor, but he is my father. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Christ is the king. But you can be received as a son. Received as a daughter. Ah, May we admit our great need. Even this morning as we come to this opening service. May we submit to his kingship afresh. And commit our lives totally to him. Revive us again. Fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be be rekindled with fire from above. Hallelujah! Thine the glory. Hallelujah! Amen. Yes. Hallelujah! Thine the glory. Revive us again. Are you interested in that? Worshiping. The king of Zion. You're standing with me. Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed. Our Father, we thank you for the word of truth thank you for the spirit of truth who takes the word of truth and puts the truth in our hearts we ask Lord that thou help us to bow afresh before the Lord Jesus if there be one here this morning who still has a clenched hand a clenched fist we ask Lord that you'd break that rebellion break that hardness May somehow they hear the call. Kiss the son. Kiss the son. Lest he be angry with you. And then Lord for. We thy people. We know that meetings like this are arranged. That thy people. Might be revived again. And we pray Lord that thou wouldst help us. Help us, O Lord. Come to our aid, we pray. We'll be grateful for how thou wouldst help us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Parker's chosen a number for us. 109. 109. I surrender all. If the Holy Ghost has pulled at your heart, you need to respond. While we sing together, yes. Not my will, Lord, but thine be done. Yes, yes. Grant it, Lord. Grant it. sing a final verse you understand this I'm not here just to try to get some folks down to the altar I've not preached an altar sermon I've preached about the king of Zion our concern is that each one of our hearts will be melted before him we'll respond to him while we sing another verse may the Lord grant it to be true sing it now Yeah. Oh, Holy Spirit.